Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be back with another episode. I'm here again with Courtney. How are you today, Courtney? I'm good. Good. We were just talking about how tired we are. Courtney was up super early today and I am impressed because I could never. <laughs> but I'm supplementing with coffee, so it's fine. I have coffee too and it's like, for what? Because I'm addicted to it and that's me calling out my own toxic habit. <laughs> Pretty much. You know what? Coffee, caffeine has its own benefits, so we'll just we'll just ignore the bad side of it because that's what people do, right? Right, exactly. Just ignore At least we don't do drugs or alcohol. We don't drink a bunch of alcohol. That's true. I probably so, drink more than you, though, I will say. You think so? Yeah, are you kidding? Absolutely. I, you never drink. <laughs> like, Oh, I you mean alcohol? Alcohol? Yeah, you never drink. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I like my keep wine. it in the house. And honestly, I like even forget that we have it in here. Yeah, like you are like, like you could go through a month without drinking. I probably, I, very easily, I probably have. Exactly. Yeah. So... We're really excited about today's episode. Today's episode is all about friendship and, you know, what we've learned through our friendship experiences, what we've learned from being friends with each other for what, how many years now? It has been like 20, well, more than that. Well, I graduated, I graduated high school well, in 2010. I started high school, so that's, I graduated high school, so that's 13 years ago. You probably add another 10 years to that. At least, yeah, because- I would say like 25 years. Yeah, because, well, our friendship was really interesting because we started out because we were neighbors and our neighborhood, like, honestly, I can't even tell you how perfect our neighborhood was. It's like a little cul-de-sac neighborhood with like maybe how many houses, like 10, 15? Maybe 15. I think like the interesting thing, though, is that like now that we're older, we see all like the the dysfunction that was happening in each of our separate houses. The houses. Yeah, it was a dysfunctional neighborhood. (laughs) right but then when we came outside to like play it was like we were finally like truly free children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just I don't know why but I'm so attached to my freaking childhood that neighborhood is I can like smell it it sounds Mm -hmm. so bizarre but as messed up as like the dysfunction that was happening in that neighborhood because that neighborhood was filled with trauma Mm -hmm. in every single house from, you know, the neighbor across the street, literally her house burning down to, you know, my my other good friend who lost both her parents to your house and what was going on there. And then <laughs> we what just, was going on between my parents. And we it, have we have yet to explore that when we discuss like toxic mother daughter relationships. Yeah, it's just it's just so much to unpack. But at the same time, like you said, in that neighborhood, when we left the house that we were living in and we all got together it was so nostalgic. It was just such a mm-hmm. great time. And I miss the 90s, honestly, for that reason. Specifically, just the friendships that I had in that neighborhood. Although I will say, <laughs> I still had a lot of drama in that neighborhood too. And hurt mm-hmm. feelings and all the little kids stuff. Not being able to hang so out sensitive. with the cool kids because my parents didn't mm-hmm. like me playing rated M games. But, you know, it's fine. Right. Or me. I wasn't allowed over people's houses because I was too rambunctious. It's fine. Oh yeah. And that, that too. Yeah. So, and, and so, yeah, we, we were friends 
because of that neighborhood, that's how we met. But it took us a little bit to get to that point in our friendship where Mm -hmm. we were like super close. And I feel like that happened when I was a freshman (laughs) in high school. Yeah. Yeah. That was when it really took off. That's when it like first started. And then I feel like we got, obviously, I think, I think we built like that lifelong friendship in college. Yes, absolutely. I was like, I I don't care what you do. I'm not not separating from you. So, but honestly, you think think you were in college. I was in high school still. Mm, True. Yeah. I was in college. Yeah. I'm a little bit older. For me, I felt like our friendship definitely was still really tight in high school because we would after school go drive around and you know your boyfriend at the time's car or his truck and we would jam to music go to get dunkin donuts go to applebee's just do all these things together hang out i miss driving around in the jetta like oh yeah at night. Jetta, that was fun i don't even know where we were driving to yeah. but we used to just drive around in the jetta we would do like the back roads just to specifically listen to music yeah and now when we visit each other especially when i go home to visit her we, sometimes we do that because it's nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so nostalgic. But yeah, so what we are really going to talk about is kind of, so we're going to go through a few questions first about our own personal friendship together. And then we're going to dive into other friendships that we've experienced, friendship losses, tough moments, what we've learned, how we worked through losing a really good friend and all that mm-hmm. good stuff. So first, what is your favorite friendship memory between us? I've honestly been searching for like a specific one and I'm trying to like nail a specific one down. Do you already have yours? It's hard because there's so many. I know. That's what... <laughs> but there was a few that I definitely enjoyed more than I guess that I could like put on the top of the list. So one, I definitely loved going to Virginia Beach together, even though there were like downsides. That trip was that. a hot mess. I know it was a hot <laughs> mess, but I love traveling together. You do? Yes. Like when we went to the treehouse. Oh that was yeah. Fun. Honestly, like, like I just love traveling together. Memories. I think my favorite memory is. I mean, I really, really, I was really, really shocked that you came for my 30th birthday like I'm still Mm. surprised and I'm about to be 31 so I feel like that was a really big one because like my we'll get into friendship love languages but my love language is like acts of service and you know that because you know me so well now but I think like some of my favorite memories honestly are some really sad ones too like in my life but it's because you showed up for me in super big ways so like really morbid but like when my mom died just knowing that you were right next to me was like super special and you didn't leave my side either. And you know, that's a lot to take in for anyone and be in that room. And you just like, I just remember like feeling your hand on my back and it was really nice. That was such a crazy moment. I must say, because there was so many emotions in that room and I don't want to like get too much into it. Cause I know it's like touchy, but yeah, that was, that was something for sure. And I'm I'm so happy that I could have been there for you because I wanted to be able to support you that I think and I know you would do the same for me. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like we know that we're always going to be there for each other during those difficult moments. And I think right. that's what I love so much about our friendship is that I can go to you during the hard moments and I can feel Honestly, loved and supported. You're like one of the few people that like I want 
I always want around, but I especially want around for big, good moments in my life and Mm -hmm. the bad moments because it's like the good moments you get to help me celebrate. And I know you're like really actually my cheerleader, like truly genuinely happy. And when things are really hard, I know that you're just like showing up and you're just like, whatever you need, whatever you need for support, like I'm here. Even if it's just me being like physically being here, which means a lot because it those times are really draining on everyone who's around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love too, that you can be like the biggest supporter for me too. Like even when I started going after my journey of being like self-employed and taking that route and leaving my job, you were there cheering me on. You're like, I know this is going to work out for you. <laughs> and a lot of like, a lot of people in my life were not as involved in being supportive of me going after my goals like you are which mm. I think is something I really appreciate. Now, if we're talking more about, again, like this is sounds super fucking lame, but when we were younger, Courtney and I used to love playing with Barbies. Oh, I used to love playing Barbies yes. with you. Yes. We, we uh, would do that. I so low-key played Barbies thing. till I was like 15. Yeah, we would do this thing where we would literally set them all up and then all of a sudden we would be like, all right, so we're elaborate. Done. <laughs> we're done. We set them all we up. We would and take like, hours. Okay. It literally took us hours to set up our damn Barbies (laughs) because we would set up like the Barbie dream house and the car and then we'd have like accessories of like setting up like a pet like a vet office or like because we would share all of our Barbies stuff yeah and then we'd be like okay I'm bored yep so I think one of my other favorite memories is going to breakfast like that's one of our biggest things became in high school and college like meeting up and going to breakfast and that was always our ish we always went out for breakfast, like all the time. Brunch. We still was go out for breakfast. Nowadays, it's so freaking hard for me to wake up on time for breakfast. Luckily, a lot of places are open for brunch now. That's true. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, we did do breakfast a lot. I didn't even I forgot all about that. Okay, so what would you say was like the hardest moment in our friendship that really challenged, tested us? Hmm. Well, there's like one that I think is like. It's interesting because when I think about it, there's like one thing like between us and then there's a thing that like I had to go through, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say like between us, it was the, I I feel like it was two months in reality, but it felt like two fucking years where like we weren't talking because of everything that unfolded with my ex-boyfriend and you really like recognized that he didn't value me as a person and him and I and he was like abusive and he was addicted to drugs and he was cheating on me left and right all the time and lying about it and him and I were like constantly like breaking up and getting back together and you were just like I don't understand why you keep going back and it became where like I was confiding in you and also confiding in him in opposite ways and then he was just like you shouldn't talk to her and it became this very like toxic controlling kind of energy and I didn't talk to you because because of him but also because of me you know I could blame it all on like the abusive part but also it, it was partially like my decision too but I was also really young and I was living with him and like I said it was it was very sketchy um the whole situation so I think that was probably like the hardest thing like not talking to you and knowing that you were existing and then that was hard because then when we started coming back around to be with each other that's when you developed your friendship with Emily really well because I was gone for that period of time and when I came back I was very jealous 
I was very jealous and very nervous about, well, are we going to like stop talking all of a sudden again? Or does she like this person better than me? And like, not to devalue like uh, another person for like the whole person that they are, but very stereotypically beautiful and blonde and, you know, just appeared, appeared from the external part to like have everything together. And I was just like, well, I'm a hot ginger mess. So why would you want to be friends with me? You know, like all of that bad inner self-talk. So I had to go through a long process on my own of learning to be secure with myself so that that didn't reflect in our friendship. And that was hard. And it, it's taken a long, it took till like, I told you like a year ago where I was like, oh, she actually really loves me. Yeah. And it's nothing that you did or anyone else did. It had to do with my own self, uh, self-worth wounds. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a beautiful like reflection. And I definitely agree that was a very hard moment in our friendship. And it felt super painful because I was like, you know, I struggle with rejection wounds. So when you were so quick to cut me off, I felt very rejected. But then I also was like, okay, well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's just, and I had my own problems too, where every time I voiced my opinion or I voiced my concerns to anyone when I thought they were in danger or in harm or just like with people that weren't treating them right, I always ended up getting cut off. It's just like every time I felt like I voiced my opinion or I voiced my concerns, it was always like, all right, well, I'm going to stop talking to you now. So people didn't like when I spoke up about that. And so that was something I struggled with a lot because then it's like whenever I see someone in danger or in in harm's way, I'm afraid to like speak up. Mm -hmm. But I also want to speak up because I I don't want them to get hurt. But then also it's like, do I focus too much on other people's relationships and other people's problems? Probably. And that my issue as well is like, I want to solve everybody's freaking problems. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) Not everybody needs your help. Not everybody wants your help. And honestly, people might have to learn on their own and that's okay. And you also can't like fix everything. And I always have this need to like want to fix, fix, fix. (laughs) So (laughs) that's something I'm really trying to, you know, work on because I know that can also be really hard. I'm the same way. I'm like immediately like, oh, let me solve this problem for you. Or like, this is what you should do. Or you should try these things. And it's like, sometimes people are just like, you're invalidating how I'm feeling because you're not even hearing me. You're just immediately trying to fix it. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I've worked on that a lot since then where I'm like, okay, I need to stop trying to just help everybody and trying to fix everything. And if they want my help, they'll ask for it. You know what? I remember one really sweet thing that you did. That's a favorite memory. The one of the times that my ex and I broke up, you like came over to like hang out with me and we were getting in my infinity. It was old. It was old, 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 old. So busted. Like I bought it the same day I bought it. It broke. And you brought me over like my favorite snacks. You brought me a bag of smart food popcorn and Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> Cause you knew that those were my favorite snacks. You brought yes. me like my comfort snacks. I hope she'll like this, but I think <laughs> she needs this right now. I love doing it. stuff like that for people. I, I, I do think like I'm a very like, it's the little things that count kind of person. Just recognizing what people enjoy, I feel like is super helpful too. Cause then people just feel like you're listening and you are paying attention to what they like and enjoy. Like even in a relationship with like your partner, you would hope that maybe they'd pay attention to your favorite flower or your favorite food and they'd like bring Mm -hmm. it home for you one day just because. That's a good idea. I should bring my my husband home cheeseburgers. Yeah, it's just, it's (laughs) the little things. Then you're like, wow, you know, you really, you really know me. You're paying attention to what I like and you're surprising me at the same time. Love that. But I do want to say 
so you said that as your hardest moment. So I'm not going to say the same thing. I'm going to talk about a different one, which is when you move. That was oh, hard for yeah, me. that's true. That was hard for me because I very much have struggled with people like leaving all my life is kind of what it felt mm-hmm. like. I've had many friends move, leave, and I just have abandonment wounds. So that triggered it for sure. And I was like, wow, my best friend, like the one that like I turned to for everything is no longer going to be around. When literally, I can't get her out of my house. I'm like, ah, this is so different. How are we going to make this work? Because like the first thing you automatically think is like, okay, she's going to move away and she's going to make all these new friends. I'm going to be replaced. So again, working on my own self-worth wounds and whatever, working with rejection and abandonment. But yeah, actually we didn't have any of those problems. I think we did pretty well with the whole long distance thing. We FaceTimed all the time in the beginning. And then, of course, we got really busy with life. You were doing nursing and going to nursing school. One thing about Courtney is she is studious. On my 21st birthday, this girl was studying in the hotel room. I had a final. I had a bio final. I think I had like a biochem final or something. That was, that was always the one thing that was so different between us is I freaking hate school. I hate studying things. That hey, I there don't... were a few times, though, when we were in college where we would go out to, what was it, Murphy's or whatever it was, and I would not have any exams and we would get drunk yes, and we would have fun. True. We had the this typical college, but it didn't happen as often as it did with your other friends. <laughs> but it that's okay. Sparse. But that's okay because look at where it brought oh. you. You know what? That one Thanksgiving that you and I went out, mm. that was a ton of fun. Mm. That wasn't that was the so one that fun. you got sick, was it? No, that was the one where like... We couldn't find parking. I'm not going to name names, but like a bunch of guys who like called me ugly. All oh, I remember that. Middle school oh, my and God. treated me like shit. Came up to me after I had gone through, you know, my college glow up and like lost a bunch of weight. And they were like, oh my God, you're so pretty. And I was like, oh my God, kiss my ass. <laughs> but you can also buy me drinks. That's fine. Oh man. Yeah. So we have, we've had some times and we could go on and on because obviously we've been friends for so long and we go on and on and on about times. Right. But so what have, so honestly, we kind of already talked about this. You kind of talked about what mm. you've learned from our friendship. Mm. You've kind of learned a lot about self-worth and what else have you learned? Did you learn something else? Mm, no, I was going to say like, like some of my, I think over the years, I think one of my favorite things is like watching you kind of like come into your own. Cause I think when we first started being friends, you were like an idealistic picture of like this pretty blonde girl. I felt like you always had this like internal pressure to like show up and be that way and then the older we've gotten you've gotten much more comfortable with like this is who I am this is how I present and like your your I've like seen as you got older like your value system has changed Mm. not not completely because I think it was always there I just think it like became more of your priority because you stripped away the things that you realized were truly draining you so that has reflected in me too because it makes me want to like show up more authentically as myself Mm -hmm. and you're very unjudgmental there's been things that like you've seen and heard about me or like things I'm going through and you just you're very compassionate you don't judge me on it which is like huge because a lot of people I think would be like oh that's terrible I don't want to know you anymore oh no well I hope people wouldn't do that if they really love you like what but I definitely have changed my values a lot for sure. I used to live to please other people. 
that was like my motto. I wanted to be liked. I wanted people to think I was beautiful. And I did what I thought made me look beautiful. But really, it was just me pretending to be something I'm not. It wasn't like I was fake, but it was more so like I felt like I had to appear a certain way. It was survival. Yeah, it was like the survival mode that I was stuck on because I never felt like I fit in. And a lot of this really stems back to when I had messed up teeth. To be honest, that really Mm. messed me up in school. My middle school years, like if I pulled up my middle school yearbook and showed you what I looked like, be like, oh, okay. You were pretty. Kids are effing cruel. But yeah, so I basically had to figure out my own value, my own self-worth that didn't have to do with like how I felt about my own appearance. Because when I had the messed Mm -hmm. up teeth, people used to always make fun of me, fun of my teeth all the time. And then my mom worked for a dentist. So she was always pushing like, let's fix your teeth. Let's let's fix your teeth. So I always felt like I had to work on fixing my appearance in some way in order to Mm -hmm. be liked and loved. Otherwise, I felt like nobody would ever want to be with me. I was always that friend that like, I know in your opinion, you thought that I was beautiful and all of that. But a lot of the times Mm -hmm. in my other like friendships, I was the one that was getting ignored because of how I looked and all of my other friends were getting all the attention. So it's interesting how like our own experiences outside of our friendship are very similar. Mm, Isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, I had the same issues. I had a lot of rejection wounds throughout, like, middle school and high school with, like, friends before you. Because I had I had really good friends with different girls in, like, middle school. Like, I, I was friends for a very short window, fourth and fifth grade, with the really popular girls. I couldn't even explain to you, like, fully why that fell apart. I know that, like, I was obviously poor compared to these girls. Financially, I just couldn't keep up. Because we financially couldn't keep up. I didn't do a lot of like the sports clubs or activities that they did. So like maybe it just naturally faded. But I know like also like some of the girls after I had a slumber party like weren't allowed at my house anymore because my mom was smoking and their parents like couldn't literally couldn't get like the smell out of the fabric of their clothes. So their parents wouldn't let them come over anymore. Like it was a mess. So there was like that. And then there was like the next tier down I think it's just how you're conditioned as a kid, but it was like, I was trying to be friends with popular people because I think like you said, like when you're that age, you just want people to like you and you Mm -hmm. know the popular people have a lot of people who like them, Mm -hmm. especially boys. So I was trying to be friends with these girls because like they were getting attention from guys. Like once that didn't work out, I went to the B-list group and I was friends with them for a short while, but like that also faded. And fourth and fifth grade, this girl I'm still friend, I'm still like friends with, like acquaintances with, and like we were friends at the time. And I, I still love her. She's amazing. Um, it doesn't directly have to do with her, but she had another friend. Two of them started to become more and more recognizable with boys and the A-list group of girls. And I remember them specifically telling me like, so we used to have like pre-homeroom in middle school. Like remember you used to go into the cafeteria like before classes started, you'd like meet there in the morning, which is very traumatic. Like every time I had to go and do like assembly meetings or lunch or cafeteria, I would literally have like a full on fucking panic attack in my head before I got to school or before we left the classroom about who I was going to sit next to because I didn't have any friends. I was like, who the fuck am I going to sit next to? Nobody wants to sit near me. I don't have any friends. Yeah, no, I It was so anxiety provoking. Anyway, like that would happen before I got to school and then I'd get to school 
And like one day, you know, once you get that group of friends, you're like, okay, I'm sitting with my friends. So like one day I like show up early and the two meaner girls were just like, yeah, like we don't want to be friends with you. And I was just like, okay, but why? And they're like, we just don't like you. We just don't want to be your friend. And it like came out of the blue. It was really mean. It was super cold, very jilting. And it was like the beginning of the school day. And I was just like, okay, cool. And then you had to like go through the rest of the day. And you're just like, what did I do wrong to make them not want to be my friend? Yeah. And like, that's, I think that you're such at a, such a vulnerable age to not recognize like negative inner self-talk. Like that's where that self-wound starts with your parents. And I think it culminates think that's the right word with like rejection constant rejection from kids in school Mm -hmm. and it became this thing where like my inner self-talk just became hatred it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough you obviously suck like you don't have the right clothes you don't have the right house you don't you're not smart enough you're not pretty enough your face looks funny your nose is too big your teeth are spaced apart like you have a gap tooth like whatever it was it it became like this very very harsh inner self-talk that I still haven't fixed I'm almost 31 years old It is so hard to fix that when you've just been surrounded by people who just are talking so negatively about you. That's just awful. That breaks my heart. This is something that a lot of kids experience, this kind of like treatment at school. Mm -hmm. And And think about trying to do your schoolwork after this. No. What? It's hard. It's like now you're sitting here, you're like basically like self-loathing because you're like, wow, nobody likes me. Nobody wants to be my friend. And now I have to pay attention and study and like get then I gotta go to lunch on my task and nobody to sit with I got no one to sit. yeah no I definitely understand how that would be. I mean you get that because you moved around a bunch you're like cool I'm the new freaking kid there's no one no one freaking knows me I will say yeah so that was something I was gonna bring up too so I guess my schooling experience my schooling journey I always had like a lot of I found myself always ending up in these group situations for whatever reason, I had like groups get of a group. friends, but I always felt like the outsider in the group. It was the weirdest mm-hmm. thing. Like, like the I black always sheep. felt like, yeah. And I think this was just me also internalizing a lot of things and um, comparing myself a lot. And like, I always had this underlining fear that I wasn't liked. That was always my underlining fear. Like nobody liked me. Oh like, my God, me too. I'm like, just, oh my God, I am I annoying this liked. person? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If there was a fight, I was always the one that was like kicked out of the lunch table, so to speak. Like, you know how you had those lunch Or tables? out of the instant messenger group chat room. You're like, yeah, I guess. exactly. I don't want to be your friend anymore. I blocked you. And I used to Are fight with kidding? my friends over some of the stupidest things. I look back and I'm like, okay, that was really stupid. You like the same boy I like. Well, he doesn't like either of us. So why are we fighting about this? <laughs> my mom used to always be like, you're not friends with her anymore. And then I'd be friends with her again. And she's like, all right, how long is this going to last? And then I wouldn't be friends <laughs> with them anymore. And then we'd be friends again. It was like one of those kinds of things with like some of the groups of friends I had. Back in- so ridiculous. But, and then of course the whole, like when you lose a friend because of something that's out of your control, like your mom smoking, for example. And then like, I lost a friend because my parents got divorced. So like right. my- it had nothing to do with you anymore. Yeah, it had nothing to do with me specifically. Has that my person control. ever reached out to you and like tried to rekindle your friendship? No, no, nope. I haven't talked to her since. And honestly, I think too, a lot of it was this other like huge uh, jealousy factor because I was super jealous because I had introduced her to one of my other friends and they became besties and I was like mm. left it behind essentially. Yeah. 
And so that really hurt because I felt like I lost a friend because I introduced her to another good friend of mine. So that was tough. But I always compared myself to her anyway, because she always got to shop the most expensive items at at like uh, Limited 2 and all of that. And I had to do, like shop the, the sale rack. And Fitch. Yeah. We're going to so see some I, relevant stores because people aren't going to know what Limited 2 is. Yeah, seriously. But she lived in like a huge, beautiful house. I don't know. I always did the comparison thing. So then like middle school was really rough because I was going in and out of friendships. And then I made another really good friend who, you know, because we all hung out together. And so it's funny, the friend that I'm talking about now that me and Courtney both hung out with a lot, she actually lives, well, she lived, she grew up in the house across the street from me that I live in now. So it's so weird (laughs) to think that every time I was at her house, I was looking at my future house across the street. Right. And you had no idea. And neither of us talked to her at all anymore. No, I talked to her briefly because her ex, so her ex, which is, this is very weird, but my ex-boyfriend was best friends with her ex-boyfriend and we were dating at the same time as well. And both of our ex-boyfriends are now passed away. But that was an interesting friendship as well, because when I had to move to Douglas, she did not want to be friends anymore. She got mad at me for having to like move. But that's out of your control. Exactly. So these are all things out of my control that I kept losing friends over. Friends used to get so mad about things that were like so out of our control. Mm-hmm. And then like not we didn't know back to do with you. We like, didn't know better. You right? know? And I had all the, oh, and I also had groups of friends that like when we did sleepovers and stuff, they always wanted to be bad. And I never wanted to be bad because I was afraid of being bad because like I just drinking like sneaking parents out. Yeah, because shit. I knew how my parents would react. Like I knew how my dad would react if I got in trouble. So I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Da-da-da. Except when I was in college and I was like, you want to come over and drink? Yeah, that was that was different <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I then, wasn't my dad 21 was either. I was not serving a minor because I was not 21 either. Let's just clear yeah. that up. And by we were at that both point, underage. Yeah, we, we don't need to age. say who got us alcohol. <laughs> and at that point, my dad was out of the picture. So I wasn't as fearful. But while my dad was still in the picture and these people wanted to like sneak out, they wanted to like literally the they, they would sneak out. At one point, they even got caught by the cops. I wasn't with oh, them, shit. thankfully, because I had decided to stay behind like a little <laughs> good girl. <laughs> You're like, I'm a goody two shoes. I was But of course, I'd get made fun of for that. But right. like, I didn't do good. Don't invite people. Lauren. She's not any fun. Exactly. And honestly, to this day, I'm still known as that like Debbie Downer. But honestly, a huge reason why I struggle so much to just let go and have fun, I think, is because every time I did, I was always yelled at for it. You know, the other thing, though, is whenever you like let go and you really have fun, like whenever we would like go drinking, like you and I are kind of similar in this way. We're like, okay, we're going to go drinking, but here's like our preset limits. But we never like actually enjoy ourselves because we place like these crazy limits on ourselves of like, well, I'll have one drink and then everyone else is having fun. And then you're like pissed off because you're like, okay, I'm the only one who's like completely sober and I'm freaking bored. And these are all drunky skunks and I don't want to be here. It's not fun. But then when you drink and you do have a good time, you always get sick. Exactly. And I hate that. So I don't do that anymore because I hate getting sick. Throwing up is my least favorite thing same z's like i get uh, nope i can't and don't i don't know. like dealing with throw up either so when people throw up like because we had wild nights where our friend literally puked code red mountain <laughs> dew all over so, me so that was taco, fun. Bur- taco, taco bell, bell burrito <laughs> so gross disgusting 
But yeah, so essentially what I was going to mention after that was like, then I had to move my, well, technically my second, oh no, my, my sophomore year, because I had to do my freshman year twice because I was, mm. I begged my mom to take me out of school because I remember I honestly, when you left school, that was, was depression time for me. Yeah. I was super depressed <laughs> at school and I didn't have any friends really is what I felt. I had you, but like other than that, and I was like a junior or senior. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really have any friends. My one other good friend, she had moved already to the town over. And so I didn't even get to see her at school anyway. And then a lot of the friends I got along with the grade below me more than I did my own grade. So I was like, also going through a hard time with my dad and my parents divorce and just not feeling seen heard for all the problems and still struggling with my childhood trauma mess of anxiety did you feel like it was easier when you went back to school then you had to repeat the ninth grade and you were with that lower classman group yes when I had to stay back because my um, homeschooling credits didn't transfer over plus I did not do well at all at that because I had to teach myself it was online nobody taught me I did have a better experience with the lower grade. Not that Oxford teaches anybody anything anyway. No, exactly. But I did have a better experience, but then my mom found a guy and she ended up moving. And like in the midst of all this as well, my mom had just ended a really toxic relationship where we got kicked out and so we didn't have a place to live. So we were living with my aunt at the time and I was going back and forth to school from my aunt's house and that was really hard as well. My mom and my brother were basically like sharing this really small room and like I had another room on the side and because I was like super diva and now I look back at it and I was like probably should have just let my brother have his room but whatever (sighs) you know can't go back now and change it but yeah trying to find her footing and that was hard. You're also kind of an angsty teenager so. I was I had a lot of anger within me from everything just I was mad about how certain things played out in my life and I look back at it now and I would do it differently but at that age you just you don't know any better right and when you're constantly feeling like your life is like upheaving is that a word yeah <laughs> when, I make like, everything around all the time. you basically when everything around you is like crumbling constantly and there's always these unexpected changes you just kind of get a little agitated well it's just annoying too like not that it's your mom's fault but she also no. kept like she went through a long period of time where like she kept like moving you to a house and it was like you her and your brother and then like a few months would go by and then she'd move in with her boyfriend and her boyfriends like had these crazy rules like there was one boyfriend who like timed how long you were on the computer and when you were done with all your electronics you had to unplug everything then she had a different boyfriend who like had a timer on the showers that's insanity yeah and she just expected you Right. And she just like expected you to like endure all of that. And the constant moving, the constant change, these new people, like there's no like development of any type of emotional connection between you and these people, because at this point you've also got all these father wounds. So of course you don't want to have anything to do with these other strangers. And then your mom is kind of, I don't mean this in a hurtful way, but she's almost like prioritizing her love life yeah, over, over what was best for y'all. Yeah, and and she definitely recognizes this now. Like mm-hmm. we've even had some really deep like emotional talks about it and she feels a lot of like pain and guilt for that, but I also recognize too that what like her reality was okay, I'm on my own. I'm a single mom. Mm-hmm. I don't have any financial support Scary. from my dad didn't do the financial no. support. 
So she was completely on her own. Yeah. And so she was looking for guys to help her essentially, especially financially, but also emotionally for sure. And oftentimes it just did not work out. And it led to us literally moving. I think I moved, I think I counted 12 times. I've moved from freshman year to college. I moved like 12 times to different houses. And then you got your own apartment. And Mm -hmm. then when you got your own apartment, you stayed there for a while. Then you moved into your house. And then you moved into your actual house house that you bought. Yeah, I've moved a lot. And now you're like, you're going to have to get my dead body out of here. Honestly, this is not my forever home. I think I know. I think I'm addicted. I think I'm addicted to change because I've been (laughs) through so much change. That's something I've realized. But but going to a new school and not knowing anyone, although I did know one person because surprisingly she, she was really good friends with me in elementary school, actually. And then she. Moved. Oh, I think. Don't you still talk to her? It's been a long time. Did used to keep in touch, but it's it's been a long time. But we were best friends in elementary school, and then she moved. Like I said, all my friends always moved away. And then we rekindled when I ended up at the same school as her. I was like, this is nice to know someone, but she was in the grade above me because I had stayed back. Right. So of course, it worked out that way. So I remember, like, the first day at this new school. I was like, okay, this is cool because nobody knows who I am and I can kind of show up as a new person, a new version of me. Like, let's give mm. this a try. Like reinvent yourself. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out very well. Because <laughs> I still struggled with wanting to be liked. And you walk into the school not knowing anybody on the first day. Mind you, that night before my first day of school, our fire alarm went off at like... Oh, I remember this. Yeah, I it went off at like it still three in the off. morning, one in the morning, three in the morning. And all I can remember is my worst fear is coming true because I have a terrified of fire ever since I watched my neighbor's house burn down. And my mom's like, oh my gosh, we have to get out of here. Let's go. Let's go. She, she takes us to her car and we drive to the police station at one in the morning, three in the morning because of the fire alarms going off. <laughs> Instead of like calling... You know, 911 or something like, there's a fire, da, da, da. Nope. We get in our car and she brings us to the freaking police station because she's terrified. And our fire alarm, I will give it to her. It was freaky. It was like speaking to you. It was like, evacuate. There's a fire. There's a fire. And one time it went off and it literally said, intruder, 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 intruder. Yeah, I remember sleeping over one time and you like convinced me that there was like a murderer who disappeared in those woods who killed people. And I am <laughs> someone who like cannot watch horror movies. And you told me that. And I was like, how the hell am I supposed to sleep now? I remember like staying awake until the sun came out. And then I went to sleep and I was like, I hate you, but I love you. Sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know what my point was to say that at all. You were just being a funny bastard. You know what sucks? <laughs> my dad had a best friend when I was growing up and... My dad had me and my sister, and then his best friend had two daughters and a son. And when we were little, we used to get together and like hang out. And we used to like play when our parents would hang out, like we would all play and stuff. And we were really close. His best friend's youngest daughter, which I was my dad's youngest kid at the time, we had the same birthday. We were born on the same day at the same hospital, like down the hall from each other. And we were really close growing up. And um, my dad got divorced from his second wife and his second wife was like really good friends with his friend's wife. And so they stopped talking to my dad for whatever reason. I don't, and I've never asked. Ultimately they stopped talking to my dad. And so I lost touch with the girl 
And then in like eighth grade, so like right before high school, I got back in touch with her and she was like chatty with me. And I went over her house, I think one time, I can't remember if it was like for her, I think it was for like her birthday or something. Try to rekindle our friendship and she didn't have clearance. She had like Hollister, like like straight Hollister clothes, the newest cell phone, blonde, pretty Ethan Allen furniture in her room, like like Pottery Barn style house, like really nice stuff. And they lived in like a really big house for like a really long time and stuff. So like her friends were very bitchy. And that's how like my best way to describe them. But they were just kind of cruel. And she had this friend, her name was Savannah. And she, I just remember her being like so mean and very exclusionary. Like because she didn't know me, you know, she was just like threatened by me or something. Mm. And so I felt very awkward and off. And obviously like I grew up with her, so I knew her, but I didn't know how her dynamic was with these people. And, and then her older sister came home and I got along really well with her. And I felt like more connected with her older sister. She was more like chill and she was like, yeah, her friends are assholes. (laughs) And then after that like one sleepover we've never talked again since and I've reached out I've reached out and tried to be like hey I hope you're doing well like because we're friends on social media but like I just get like radio silence and I'm just like it's it's still to this day kind of hurts because those really formidable years and it was like I thought maybe we had something but maybe I'm just delusional I I don't know No, I don't think, like, you're delusional at all. I think that's very valid to be like, okay, why, you know? And it definitely triggers those rejection, those, like, self-worth wounds, and just questioning, like, why is it that some friends we just lose touch with and never pick things back up? Right. There's been, honestly, when I was thinking back on all of my friendships, I didn't realize how many friendships I actually had but they were very like surface level but Mm. then the really like deep connections that I thought I made and I'm like where did we lose touch and how all of a sudden one day you're like wow we're not friends anymore this is weird yeah I agree even like nursing school like I had some really good friends some people that I thought were like really good friends with me who like seemed to care a lot about me and then we went to Vegas and I mean you know what happened in Vegas uh one of my friends put her hands on me and I pushed her and asked her not to touch me in a very aggressive way but granted like you know I come from a lot of like physical abuse trauma and so it's very triggering And granted, she didn't know that, but still, that's why it's not right to put your hands when you're angry on somebody like that and be screaming in their face because that's what she was doing. And, you know, I screamed and pushed and took my space that I needed. And this friend that I thought was cared kind of a lot about me who had been like, you know, we had like a texting friendship. Like we saw each other at school. I've been to her house. Like I've met her kids and her husband. And like, we've done stuff outside of school together. We went on that vacation together. Like, and she seemingly seemed fine when we left the airport together. Never, has never to this day spoken to me since. Even when my mom died, she didn't say anything. Even the actual girl who put her hands on me has talked to me Or did talk to me like when my mom died and like said, you know, despite our differences, like, I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. That other girl, like I've never heard from her. And I'm just like, either there's something really terrible going on in your own life that you're all consumed by, which could be a possibility. Or like, we were not the friends that I thought we were. Mm. Like it was, it basically, it makes me feel like it was all a lie. Yeah, no, that's completely understandable. And that, that hurts too. It's kind of like when 
a relationship just all of a sudden you start to see that there was so much illusion behind it. Right. And that's that's hard. And I also, something that I will say is that I feel like sometimes too, like because I know you so well, I know how you react when you're upset. And I I can like, I know when you're mad. Like, I just know. Because your <laughs> demeanor- Usually when I get quiet. Yeah, your demeanor changes. It becomes very quiet, very passive, very, I'm going to step back and I'm going to like isolate myself. Yeah, because I need time to process. Yeah. And I feel like too that um this friend of yours definitely did not know how to handle that kind of response because it kind of sounds right. like she's more of a confrontational type of person who wants to like address the problem right away. Let's talk about this. Why are you acting this way? Why are you being so passive and gets like very defensive about it? Which kind of can tie into the next topic kind of flowing onto this is like when it comes to friendships and how to deal with conflict within friendships. Mm, we've had conflict because there's like there was a time I came to visit you and the beach we had made yes exactly mm-hmm. like we made plans to go to the beach mm-hmm. and I can't remember if we were drinking the night before or like I think you were just going through a really rough like insomnia period and I hadn't been working nights so I didn't understand your plight at all and I was just like I thought you were so excited to go to the beach and I was just really disappointed because like my sister and you and I were supposed to go my sister started like backing out that morning for whatever we ended up going I don't think no we didn't go yeah we have pictures me you and Alyssa and Ashley is that the same one yeah that was the same time yeah so what what I think had happened was that Somebody somebody needed to pick up Alyssa or something like that. And when you had asked me, I I had a, a automatically thought that that it meant it had I had to wake up earlier. And so I think I said something, and whatever I said made you think that I was saying I don't want to go to the beach anymore. Oh yeah, and I did not mean it that way. But that's like how I think it came across. And so. Mm. We got a little conflicted there. Yeah, because I was like, if you don't want to go to the beach, then just say it. Yeah. And I think that's... And you were like, no, that's not what I meant. And I was like, whatever, fuck off. I was so mad. That's something I've learned within like (laughs) how certain things I say, you could take certain ways because I think Mm. it's a very like, let me jump to the worst case scenario mindset type of thing. It has to come from somewhere. Like maybe like maybe either rejection wounds or like my parent like the way that my parents said things like in a passive way you know I think I've also learned that I think I was trying to navigate if at that time like because you you go through these periods too where like you have you like I feel like you like agree to do something but you're but you're like not fully committed because like you're actually really exhausted Mm, I do burn myself a lot and you and you wanted you genuinely want to do the thing but until like more recently where you're like okay like I might do that we can see we'll we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. so it gets a little closer back then you would just be like yeah let's do it and then the, it would come and I feel like it was like too like, okay. too much yeah right and I so definitely like, I would commit to things without fully processing the what it entailed it. yeah right and I was trying to like navigate that but I was like coming from a very like negative angry place I didn't give you the grace that you probably deserved we've had a we've actually had a couple conflicts because I can think of another one that was really bad really you do you know what I'm thinking of we were also I think learning how to communicate with ourselves definitely definitely were 
We learned but a lot about communication. That goes with longevity of friendship, though. Like the commitment of are we going to commit to trying to understand each other? And like, yeah. are the I think the biggest thing is in a long term friendship is how do I want to say this? Learning how to accept feedback, not necessarily criticism, because I think criticism has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but feedback from your friend about where you're lacking in your life or personally, mm-hmm. or like how you could grow without immediately becoming defensive yeah and even like you said like learning love languages for friendship right but i'm thinking about the winery experience we had yeah that that was was a big blow up actually like crying tears blow up yeah because i was still trevor uh, trevor and i had to like trevor helped me learn this too and so did that experience a lot which was like my expectation of how an experience should go is not how it's gonna go and I can't go into something I want to experience with people and enforce my expectation of how I want it to go on someone Mm. and then be upset when it doesn't go according to plan because like I got upset because and this is really stupid because I thought you weren't having a good time and I planned it as an activity for us to do together but then like we couldn't sit together and then I think like we got too drunk and then you got nauseous or so I don't remember actually like fully 100% what happened but I knew that we couldn't sit together and I was just like great so the bus, she's probably miserable I had because she's alone front. and I'm like this is terrible <laughs> In, in reality, I was and having I just a felt great so time. guilty, right? And I like act- actually felt so guilty. And I think you were trying to like compensate by like talking about how much fun you were having, but I like took it. You as, made like, like this passive aggressive comment that was like, you know, I just really hate when people complain all the time. I just really hate when people like just say negative things all the time. I'm like, oh, she's talking about me right now. She just doesn't <laughs> want to tell me, right? And it's like we learned a lot. <sighs> we learned a lot about communication. Yeah. And being open to literally tell each other how we're feeling because that's so important. If you try to sweep a conflict under the rug because you don't want to deal with it, that's going to create even more of a conflict. And I've learned this in other friendships too because that's how I was in this group of friends that I had. And I had a huge blow fight all because of a lack of communication and a lack of just listening to what each other needs and how we can show up for each other in that friendship the best Mm -hmm. possible way and it's like I was afraid to really speak up how I felt and I felt rejected I felt not prioritized and also learning that sometimes how we can show up for a friend is going to be different than how that friend can show up for us because we have different capacity right some people can give more and others, they can't give more because they're already giving mm. as much as they can. And sometimes right. that may not feel like enough. But at the end of the day, you can't make people give when they don't have it, you know? Right. It, it, yeah, it goes back to that like whole concept of like, you can't place your expectations on how someone's going to be your friend mm-hmm. on them and then be upset with them when they don't meet that expectation. Exactly. Because that's, that's not on them. Like, that's, yeah, I think I used to do that for a long time with you. And it wasn't fair because I was wanting you to show up as me. I was like, well, if that's the case, then I should show up as, as my own friend in that way and just accept her love and compassion for what it is instead of like trying to force her to be someone she's not. Yeah. And I think like once I started, I guess I feel like once I started working on that, I also really needed to learn how to go with the flow more, which I think I've slowly started to do. 
but I feel like that's what we teach each other. You teach me how to be like more structured and in routine. And I teach mm-hmm. you how to be more go with the flow. And when we put them together, it's like ease, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's interesting though, is Trevor was talking about this the other day. And I think it's like really wise too, is like good communication technique is when you're talking to somebody and you feel like they're saying something like passive to you or whatever. And one thing I want to incorporate is saying like, well, this is what I think what I hear you saying and then repeat back to them like what you think that they're saying like what you interpret them saying so that they can either correct you or they can be like kind of but not really Mm -hmm. I think especially if you have different communication styles it's good to get in the habit of doing that because then over right over time you can actually learn like this is what I'm hearing, but that's not what they're saying kind of deal, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because it's so easy for miscommunication to happen. Like we've experienced, I say something and you maybe hear it differently than I meant to like have it be intended. And instead Mm -hmm. of like clarifying and like vice versa, it's all about clarifying the communication to make sure that you're understanding where the person's coming from the best possible way so that there isn't that conflict. There isn't that resentment Mm -hmm. or that passive aggressiveness. Yeah, it's tricky. That's one of the things we were talking about, about like um, longevity in any relationship, but romantic or friendship, it takes like two people, you have to show up like committed to working on it. And I think sometimes the longer you have a friendship, it's actually gets, it gets easier in certain ways, and harder in others, just like a marriage. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. So to end this episode, let's give one tip or a piece of advice for someone who has just lost a really good close friend? Oh, I think my advice would be like, allow yourself the space to kind of like grieve that friendship because it is a lot. You are losing like a big part of your life, but also give yourself the grace to understand that it's not necessarily you and don't go into this negative self-talk kind of place Mm -hmm. because it's so easy as a person to slip into that and that's really not it's not even necessarily about you specifically and uh, don't let your mind play tricks on you there yeah absolutely and when I was going through like a tough loss of a friendship group which we're actually friends again. So something to keep in mind is that sometimes, you know, you have to go through those conflicts and experience that distance in order to really like reflect and find how you can show up as, I guess, as a more confident version of yourself within the friendship so that you're not taking things to heart as much, which that's the advice I would give myself. Because that was what (laughs) happened. (laughs) Like I lacked a lot of confidence within that friendship. And I had struggled with a lot of rejection wounds. So I just kind of, that just triggered me within the friendship. And I had to reflect Mm. on that. And I had to take this time to distance myself and go through my own inner healing so that I can show up without taking everything so personally. It's like establishing your own self-worth helps you become the best version of yourself in friendships because like once you value yourself if a friend doesn't value you you don't take it as personal you're like exactly yeah exactly but another thing I will say that I did that really bothered me when I lost this (laughs) friendship group was that I would still take the time to engage and like look to see what they were up to Oh, the social media. Yeah, Mm. that was bad. That That boundaries, okay? Because you will just continue to spiral if you're like paying attention to what they're doing without you. I've learned that one. 
for sure. It did not help me at all. It just made things worse. It made me feel worse. It made me feel lonely. It made me feel rejected because the thing is, is yeah, I had other friends, but this friendship group was like a big part of my life here because Courtney does not live here with me. Courtney <laughs> lives in Texas and I do have Courtney other Lauren friends. Moving to North with, Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I didn't have other friends that like I hung out with and whatnot, but it wasn't the same. And I just, I definitely felt lonely because it was a big part of my life. Mm. So yeah, don't do the whole spiraling thing where you like just pay attention to all of their social media and what they're up to. If that, if you know, that's going to trigger you. Like I had to literally distance myself a big time in order to get over that, but yeah, we're good now. And we, I've learned a lot through it and I'm really happy with where I am now within all of my friendships. And I love all of my friends and each of my friends show up in different ways and they all have their own personalities. And we all just, you know, I feel like that's important. I have certain friends that I feel like I can just be lazy with and do nothing. And then I have friends that like I go out and I have a good time with. And I don't know, that variety just spices my life up a little bit. I agree with that. Sometimes you just need a little spice, spice it up. I like tagging along for all of it. Exactly. And once Courtney is back in my presence, life will be good no <laughs> no you come you come to me come to you yeah I know I'll I go do back think east another come Texas down. trip is in the books soon that would be fun so on that note I think that concludes our episode thank you everybody for listening and we are sending you so much love until next time have a good week mm-hmm.